0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the March 2nd, 2021 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I'm your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Jocene. And ladies and gentlemen, my biggest regret yesterday is I didn't get to cover this. This literally appeared just after I finished recording yesterday. Um, Some of you might be familiar, if you're in the Brony community like I am, with a guy named Cameron Kilgore, a.k.a. Geek Brony. He is, and I say this with no doubt in my mind, like, the nicest, most chill person in the brony fandom. Okay? I'm being serious when I say that. Anyway, he started a GoFundMe yesterday in order to get out of his current living environment. I am now going to read you the description. Hello, I'm Cameron. I'm 22, and I need the final push to move out of my parents' place. Here's what's been going on. Over the past year, and maybe more, my parents have been extremely rude and disrespectful to me, and are very toxic to my growth. They have very high expectations of what I should do around the house. Despite me explaining my disability and how it affects me, they have not listened and will not listen, basically treating me like I'm 15. I am not able to do chores around the house without them judging me. I am not able to even be outside of my own room without them judging me. I spend all my time in my room until they fall asleep, then I can work on whatever I need to do. They want me to be fixed because they understand that people with high functioning autism are enough functioning to function like a neurotypical human being. This has been shown through the persistent need for me to prove my worth around the house. But when I do prove my worth, they only complain about the things they didn't ask about. They also want me to prove my worth by getting a job immediately. But autism and the workforce don't coexist well without autism masking. And in turn, too much autism masking leads to burnout, which leads to getting fired from the job. And well, given the current pandemic, I don't think getting a job uh, that has the proper support system for me is doable. I'm also in college courses, in computer networking, and I'm overloaded with the work from that so I don't see how a job will improve my mental health. I've explained this point to them several times, but they are a brick wall. I've told them I need a better environment to grow correctly, but they ignore my words. I have some ideas as to what I can do to earn money in the long run, including a Patreon for a game I've been passionate with developing for three years, but my parents don't see how much work I put into it, and they see it as fun money, but what they don't understand is that my interests rely on hyperfixation. If I can't be hyperfixate on something, I lose interest completely, and am not able to focus on getting tasks done. This is why I think the game I'm making is perfect, because I can hyperfixate slash focus on it, because it is something I am really passionate about. A traditional job just wouldn't give me the stimulation needed to keep going and stay happy. At this point, I have a whole lot of courage to move out, but I'm trying to get started with a GoFundMe. A rough cost of estimate is $500 for moving into a new place with roomies, $500 security despot, a what? Two thousand dollars for one to two months of experience until our expense until I get settled in. I appreciate anything I can get for this, if anything, to help me move on from this stage of my life. If you can't afford to donate, consider sharing this post with others and get the word out. I, of course, have decided to do the second one. I am sharing this with others and getting the word out by recording this segment. Again, Geek Brony is an absolute amazing guy. He is quite possibly the nicest man on the entire internet. I'm not making that up. And in general, you should be giving him money just because he's a good person. But this is all the more reason to. Uh, the goal as of right now is $3,000 and Geek Brony has raised $647 a time of recording. If you have anything you can donate to him, please do so. And if not, I understand. Please, at the very least, share the link because the guy's good, it's a good cause, and he deserves better than what he's getting, far as I'm concerned. Anyway, with all that, let's get into the news. A link to the GoFundMe page will be in the show notes page if you wish to donate. Anyway, yesterday, Richard Gurnell, who, if you don't know, was the ambassador to Germany under Donald Trump, got into a Twitter spat so hilarious I felt like I had to cover it, Now, for those unaware, Richard Gurnell is gay, okay? I feel the need to remind you that because he likes reminding us every single chance he gets. Uh, On the first, that being yesterday, he posted the following on Twitter. It was the tweet sharing some truth from at CPAC that DC reporters won't acknowledge. And then it's a screencap from an Instagram post by a woman named Gina Roberts that says, Statement for the record. CPAC 2021 was an incredibly accepting and wonderful experience for this transgender Republican woman. I worked at the Log Cabin Republican booth, but received nothing but respectful questions about things in the news about transgender people. Much better and easy to get along with crowd than any Pride Festival I was involved with. It should be noted that CPAC had many speakers with a history of anti-LGBT comments. Uh, People like Ted Cruz, Ben Carson, Mike Pompeo, Tom Cotton, and many, many more. Basically anyone at CPAC who has been in public life for more than a few years... We have some record of making some anti-LGBT comment. Might I remind you, the 2016 Republican primaries happened immediately after gay marriage was made legal in all 50 states. And I distinctly remember basically every Republican presidential candidate praising Kim Davis, the Kentucky clerk who refused to sign a same-sex marriage license. A- anyone who has a memory that goes beyond, like, two years ago, remembers all of this, Richard! But, uh, okay, uh, okay, fine. You know, Richard Gurnell lives in California. He keeps talking about running for governor of California against Gavin Newsom. or assuming the recall attempts against Gavin Newsom succeed. Well, let's actually read what the California Republican Party says in their only reference to marriage in the entire platform. We support the two-parent family as the best environment for raising children and therefore believe that it is important to define marriage as a union between one man and one woman. So not even the California Republican Party is willing to put Not even, like, pro-LGBT language, we're just talking not-anti-LGBT language in their platform. And for those curious, here is what the National Republican Party's latest platform, handed out at their 2020 convention, took place less than a year ago, said on this issue. We condemn the Supreme Court's ruling in the United States v. Windsor, which wrongly removed the ability of Congress to define marriage policy in federal law. We also condemn the Supreme Court's lawless ruling in Oberfell v. Hodges, which, in the words of the late Justice Antonin Scalia, was a judicial push full of silly (laughs) silly extravagancies that reduced the discipline of legal reasoning of John Marshall and Joseph's story to the mystical amorphousism of a fortune cookie. But one doesn't even need either a coherent memory or an understanding of the Republican Party's state or national platforms. In order to understand why this is nonsense, all they need to do, all they need to do, is look at the replies to Gurnell's tweet! As Charlotte Klamer, the president of Catholics for Choice said, Richard's tweet has more conservatives dunking on him and shredding this trans woman than progressives stopping by to point out that trans people can vote against their own interests too. Now, in order to properly just describe how OWNED Gurnell was, I need to read you a little back and forth he had yesterday. So, some of you who have listened to the podcast before might remember the name Lauren Witzke. Uh, if you don't, she was the Republican nomination for the Delaware Senate seat, the one currently held by Chris Coons, back in 2020. Now, she failed miserably, might I add, did worse than any, any Republican who has ran against Chris Coons out of the three times he's ran for Senate. She's the only one to have gotten below 40%, but America First is inevitable. She barely squeaked through her primary, might I add, but again, America First is inevitable. Well, she had a little back and forth with Gurnell, and I'm just going to read you it. It is absolutely amazing. So this is, remember, this is under the tweet where Gurnell says the Republican Party has no issue with gay people, no issue with trans people. Witzki, we're celebrating mental illness now? Gurnell, no, we are celebrating that God made everyone and people being respectful. Try it. Witzki. transgenderism is demonic. (laughs) Well, that came a little bit right out of the gate. No matter how much dollar sign dollar sign your donors give you to convince you it isn't, Yes, Lauren, they're all donating to former ambassador to Germany, Richard Gurnell. Is CPAC going to start advocating for chemical castration for minors next year? Because that's what's coming. Gurnell, are you okay with welcoming gay conservatives into the Republican Party? Richard, Richard... You really don't have good reading comprehension skills, do you? You're talking to someone who just said transgenderism is demonic. And you think, well, maybe they're okay on the gay stuff. Witzki, what you really mean is, will I sell out traditional marriage to appease 3% of the population who never votes for us anyways? The answer is no. I should note that, by the way, that three percent combined with another fifty-nine point five percent did not vote for Lauren Witzke in 2020. So who knows? Maybe she's on to something <laughs> when she says they won't vote for you anyway, Grinnell, So just to be clear. <laughs> 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 Just to be clear, you don't welcome gay conservatives into the Republican Party. Witski, did I stutter? <laughs> you know what? I hate Lauren Witski. What other reply could she have at that point? Just, yeah, did she stutter? <laughs> Gurnell, no, we got it. No gays allowed in the GOP for you. Now, at this point, at this point... Nick Fuentes, the guy behind the atrocious podcast, America First, with Nick Fuentes. Uh, He is a hardcore nationalist in every regard. He's been criticized as a racist and as a white nationalist many times over. He decided to jump into the conversation. Fuentes, that's not what Lauren is saying, but you're making a strong case for not allowing gays in the GOP, given that you're trying to bully America first, Christian conservatives into tolerating homosexuality and transgenderism. A- actually, by the way, Nick, that is exactly what Lauren said. Um, I have to ask you the same question she asked Gurnell now. Did she stutter? (laughs) Gay Mafia, Rick Gurnell? But totally, much tolerance there, Rick. Much tolerance in your end. Using the same disingenuous smear tactics of the left, yet the the smear tactics of repeating what someone is actively telling you back to them Uh, to cancel Lauren Witski. No, it was the voters of Delaware who canceled her, not Richard Gurnell. Because she has a problem with trans ideology being pushed at the conservative political convention. This is unacceptable. And then, Gurnell, instead of replying with, I'm just repeating what she said, and he could have even used my own, that it was the voters of Delaware who canceled her. Instead, instead tried to roll over because Rick Gurnell is a very, very weak human being. Gurnell, I'm not canceling her. I don't believe in canceling. And she mi- migrated the issue to gays. Actually, it was you who migrated the issue to gays when you asked her about gay people after she was talking about how transgenderism is demonic. Now, mind you, Witsky is still insane, But you're the one who brought up a different issue she's insane on. Uh, so you don't welcome gay conservatives into the GOP either. Fuentes, you canceled Bison Gray. No idea who that is. And now you're trying to cancel Lauren Witsky. Because you clearly have a problem with real Christians. This is a Christian conservative movement, and we will not be bullied into accepting your LGBTQ ideology. Gurnell, I'm a Christian, and we win elections by addition, not subtraction. Fuentes, subtract the GOP's Christian conservative base in order to add Dave Rubin and Caitlyn Jenner, yet the massive Christian conservative base in California. That's where Gurnell would be running for. You realize that, right? It'd be California. Are there even Christian conservatives in California anymore? Like, seriously. If that's your plan to win elections, then you should quit politics or join the Democrats already. Gurnell, President Trump disagrees with you. Fuentes, yeah, well, God and the Bible disagree with you, so... (laughs) That's the end of their little exchange. Anyway, I decided to read you all that entire conversation just to say, this is being Richard Gurnell now. You go around, say that the Republican Party is actually super tolerant now, guys, only for the most die-hard Trump supporters, the most die-hard Republicans to look at you and say, Wait, when did that happen? (laughs) You just cannot make this up. And look, I'm not shaming Gurnell for being both gay and a Republican or something. I am shaming him for spewing utter nonsense. Nonsense so obvious, not even the people who are supposed to be playing along will go along with it. You just cannot make this up. Anyway, FBI Director Christopher Wray was questioned today in front of Congress late to the January 6th insurrection. Here is him being questioned by Senator Chuck Grassley on the issue of Brian Sitnik's death. You may remember Brian Sitnik as the officer who died during a January 6th insurrection, or as a result of things that happened at the January 6th insurrection. Then we find out a month later that actually he died of a stroke the next day, completely unrelated and it was a total dink that he was at the insurrection. Uh, Here is what Ray had to say. There's been conflicting reports about his cause of death. Have you determined the exact cause of death? And is there a homicide investigation? uh so i'll take the last part of your question first there is an ongoing investigation into his death um i have to be careful at this age because it's ongoing not to get out in front of it but i certainly understand uh, and respect and appreciate the the keen interest in what happened to him after all he was here protecting all of you uh, and as soon as there are information that we can appropriately share uh, we want to be able to do that but at the moment the investigation is still ongoing uh, so does that mean since the investigation is going on, you have not determined the exact cause of the death? Uh, that means we can't yet uh, d- disclose uh, a cause of death at this stage. But you have determined the cause of death. I, I didn't say that. We're not at a point where we can disclose uh, or confirm okay. a cause of death. A few notes. Um, the first one is that Christopher Ray sounds oddly like Patton Oswalt. He also looks oddly like Patton Oswalt. Saturday Night Live, Patton Oswald, this man. Okay? Giving you that idea. I do demand royalties, though. However, onto what he said, I just want to remind you that it has been two months since the January 6th insurrection. That one was on, well, January 6th. We're currently on March 2nd, nearly two months later, and we still can't connect the dots between... A police officer at the insurrection who died the day after the insurrection and the insurrection. We can't connect those two dots. Sorry, we need an official FBI investigation to put two and two together. And I should note, Senator Grassley did not ask Ray if he knew exactly what killed Setnik He essentially asked, do you have a general idea of what killed Brian Setnik?" And yeah, I have a pretty good general idea myself. Again, he was at the insurrection and died the day after. You don't have to be a rocket scientist, or an FBI investigator for that matter, to connect the dots here. It's not hard, people. But no, what Ray's doing is essentially, well, there are a couple things he could be doing. I could go into this huge spiel about how he's gaslighting the nation. When no, truth be told, the main thing I think he's doing is stalling for time. He was a Trump guy, remember? Biden chose to keep him. He didn't hire him personally. He kept him from Donald Trump. And Ray knows that when the truth comes out, if it reveals that the insurrectionists were indeed responsible for Setnick's death, which I have no doubt in my mind it will, there's going to be hell to pay for the entire Republican Party, especially for every Trump appointee, of which, might I remind you, Christopher Ray is one of them. Truth be told, the best thing you could do to get Ray to actually release the investigation is simply to demand it, to put constant pressure on him. Because what he's going to do is he's either going to pretend that he just lost the investigation, do a complete and total cover-up, or release it a year or two later, hoping everyone's forgotten. That is my bet what's going to happen regarding Christopher Ray? Because that's the kind of person Christopher Ray is. He's a deep state swamp goblin, to use the terminology of the last administration. And he's someone who Biden should have fired on his first day in office. And yet, he's still in there, completely destroying the Federal Bureau of Investigation... ESSENTIALLY with President Biden's full approval. I cannot wrap my head around why President Biden hasn't fired Ray yet. Trump didn't keep Comey, or Comey, bring, bring Comey back in for all I care. Just get this man out as soon as you can. Anyway, I've in the past dismissed the notion of cancel culture. And, you know what, I still do for the most part. However, occasionally you see a headline that just gets, that just punches the most animal instinct in your brain. And gets you kind of personally, this is it for me, this is from The Hill. Biden drops mention of Dr. Seuss from annual Read Across America Day proclamation. Side note, did you guys know the actual way, uh, Seuss demanded it be pronounced was soice? It was supposed to rhyme with voice. There are a few examples throughout history like that, um, for instance, Robert Robert Louis Stevenson, the author of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, originally demanded everybody pronounce it Jekyll, not Jekyll, but now everybody pronounces it Jekyll and everyone pronounces it Seuss. Again, this is from The Hill. President Biden did not mention Dr. Seuss in his proclamation for Read Across America Day on Tuesday, a National Education Association-sponsored event that coincides with the children's author's birthday. Former President Obama and Trump both mentioned the writers born Theodore Geisel in their respective proclamations with Obama's 2014 proclamation praising him for calling us to open our minds to take responsibility for ourselves and our planet. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki referred questions at a Tuesday briefing about the specific text of the proclamation to the Department of Education, which she said was responsible for writing it but said generally that it is, quote, important that children of all backgrounds see themselves in children's books they read. The Teachers Union, which has put on the event since 1998, has partnered with Dr. Seuss Enterprise, the company that published his books, and managed his estate until 2018. Meanwhile, Dr. Seuss Enterprise announced on Tuesday that it will no longer publish six of the author's 46 children's books, Including his first, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, over their racist imagery and offensive language. Can I see examples of this? I mean, I won't deny it could be there. He lived a long time ago, but okay, and if it's imagery, then why not reillustrate it? But you know what? That's neither here nor there. Ceasing sales of these books is only part of our commitment and our broader plan to ensure Dr. Seuss's Enterprise Catalog represents and supports all communities and families, the company said in a statement to the Associated Press. Now, to be clear, these books are not banned, they're not going to be burned or anything, it's just this specific estate is no longer going to be selling them. But with that said, this still to get a little personal, actually kind of hit me. Dr. Seuss was the first author I, and many people, really grew attached to. You know, before then, and even most of the time after then, who a book was by didn't really matter, but you knew when you saw in big bubble letters Dr. Seuss at the bottom of a book, you were going to enjoy what you read. Um, and for that matter, as I grew older, I learned more about him and found that He was, in general, a really, really remarkable man. So, if they want to hold him up to modern standards, I say, let's hold him up to modern standards, and just take a minute to talk about what he did in life. Most people only know him as a children's book author, and yeah, that is what he was. He wrote children's books, filled them with rhymes, became those cartoons, at least a few of them did. However, however, Fewer people know that he was actually an editorial and political cartoonist for a good couple of years. Between 1941 and 1943, he published over 400 different political cartoons for the New York magazine PM, which he was also chief editorial cartoonist for at the time. Now, the United States did not enter World War II until December 1941, and he had started months earlier. I mention this because... He was one of the first Americans lampooning Adolf Hitler and his supporters both in Germany and in the United States. People like Charles Lindbergh and Charles Coffin. And it is absolutely amazing to see these people get skewed and then to see that Seuss was the one who was vindicated by history. His cartoons repeatedly went after Adolf Hitler in Germany, as well as Goebbels, Himmler, and all them, as well as the America First Commission, and Charles Lindbergh in the United States, months, months, before the rest of the world woke up to Hitler's evils after Pearl Harbor. Now, fair is fair, and during the war, he did post some very offensive cartoons against the Japanese, and even supported the Japanese-American internment camps. A position that he later reversed, might I add, less than a decade later, even dedicating Horton Hears a Who to a Japanese-American friend of his. One can also not forget the fact that he was absolutely right with the people he was mocking. Here is the caption of a comic he published on June twenty third, 1941, and it's a bird just around a bunch of bullet fire, and below it reads, Set a bird in the midst of a blitz up until now they've scored very few hits so i'll sit on my canny old stall spangled fanny and on it he sat and er, on it he sits and he sits and eventually of course the united states was hit in pearl harbor anyway and then there's this other one with a bird sitting in a nest and seuss really liked drawing birds if you can't tell and a woodpecker with a swastika on it is pecking at a tree labeled England, below him, or behind him, I don't quite know At the mention of this comic work, you see various trees of other countries' names that Hitler had imperialized, and the bird is sitting there smugly, saying, ho-hum, when he's finished pecking down the last tree, he'll quite likely be tired! <laughs> Again, this was the actual thinking of people at the time, and Seuss thought it was ridiculous, and he was absolutely right. Of course, that's not everything he wrote. Immediately after the war, he went back to writing children's books. And many of them, however, contain similar themes to his adult work. One major theme in his children's work was this idea that he wanted to implement a love for freedom and a hatred of authoritarianism in children. One of the books he did that with was his 1954 work, The Cat in the Hat, which he said the moral of was essentially that occasionally rebellion is fine. Occasionally rule-breaking is perfectly fine. That was the moral, according to him, and he was very proud of that moral. In 1953, he wrote The Sneeches, which was a complete lampooning of anti-semitism and racism, with the stars on the Sneetches actually being directly inspired by the Star of David, a very common Jewish symbol. And might I remind you that at this point, anti-semitism, and especially just normal racism, was very, very popular within the United States. This is not me digging for meanings, by the way. This is what the guy himself admitted. He wanted to instill in this nation's children obvious values to him that he just felt were being ignored by everyone else, and he instilled those values through entertaining stories. Of course, his most famous piece of, you could call it propaganda if you wanted, was The Lorax, a book about the environment. But believe it or not, that is not actually his most political work. One of his works, one that was actually banned for being too political in many schools, was Yertle the Turtle, published in 1958, where he essentially said that authoritarianism falls apart the second one person steps out of line. Just how Yertle raises himself high up on the turtles, then one turtle steps out of line and the whole thing goes falling down. Again, all by his own admission. I mentioned all of this because I know in the next coming months we're going to be hearing about how we need to have a conversation about Dr. Seuss and his work, and I'm in total agreement. However, for a long time, one side has completely monopolized said conversation, that side that says that his work is just silly children's books with no real meaning, and again, most of them didn't really have any. Most of them were just silly things he wrote because it was fun. But, if you actually look at a good handful of his works, you will find that this was a very interesting and complicated man who wanted to use the art of children's literature, if you will, to pass down certain values to younger generations, which I would argue he has been completely successful in. I am Ephraim, and good night.